0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Busy week in Gov, particularly with the Senate hearing earlier this week and over though even though there were really there wasn't much new information to come out of it, but if you watched it carefully, I do think we did pick up a lot more than meets the eye, and uh, joining me now to offer his insight on the hearing and other top stories in golf is the one and only Dave Marr. He is the host of six shows on Sirius PJ Tour Radio with a long history of contributions in radio and television. Welcome to Talking Golf, Dave. How are you?
2: Doing well, Ann. Great to be on your show and looking forward to the chat. Always love chatting.
1: Yeah, glad you can make time for us. And, you know, overall, I think the Senate hearing was important to kind of get it more of a sense about where the PGA Tour is and all of this. The, the senators, I thought, were well prepared. And, uh, you know, and I think they have every right to ask the questions that they did because golf, like most sports in our country, is an American institution. And we as Americans, I feel, should do everything we can to preserve golf in our country and really, not let a foreign entity, be it Saudi Arabia or China or whomever, take over golf and have the biggest financial stake on our turf. What are your overall feelings about all that?
2: Well, I totally agree with you. First of all, I think not only do these senators have the right, but they they have the obligation to make sure that an institution like uh, like golf is treated fairly from a, an economic standpoint, and whatever happens as far as the game is concerned, and who runs the upper echelon of the entertainment side of sports. Because, look, at the end of the day, there are 25.6 million golfers in the U.S. 200 of them, maybe a 1,000 of them maximum, were, are going to be impacted by what goes on as far as the LIB, PGA Tour, merger, no merger situation is concerned. But to let um, a foreign agency, especially one that, that has uh, as tricky a reputation or as sullied a reputation, however you want to look at it as Saudi Arabia come in and really uh, control what we get to see as far as the game of golf is concerned. Moving forward, uh, it's, it's something that could disturb the entire kind of underground tenant of the game and what the game is all about. It's always been one that prides itself on, you know, what you mark down on the score is your, is the way you, you, you go about being judged in the game, but you also have a, A certain amount of etiquette you need to play by, and and unwritten rules as well that need to be adhered to as well. And from my perspective, there are lots of people who like the LIV product, the Saudi Golf League product, um, with the shotgun starts, the shorts that the pros are wearing, the the music, the fifty four holes, and that's fine. I mean, some people like top golf, and some people like Augusta National, and some people like both. So. From my perspective, that's not really my taste. I'm traditional, mm-hmm. that having been a PGA champion. So for me, it's important to get to the bottom of how, how is this uh, partnership going to come together, if it comes together. And if it does, does the tradition of the game, is that going to be able to be intact? Or does the, the, the folks with the biggest pocketbook get to control, you know, how we end up seeing the game from here forward? How we all play it, it's all going to stay the same. But what we get to enjoy at the highest levels is something that's been in effect since you know the 1930s, 1920s really with uh with Walter Hagen and the rest of my dad when he played on tour in the 1960s. So how's it going to be moving forward? That's a big question mark and it's one that I don't think was really answered at the Senate hearings, but I do like to see that the Senate and our government is very interested and very protective on what's going to happen. Absolutely. And those who are running the game. Yeah, but and I mean those who are running uh, and helping the PGA Tour as independent directors, Jimmy Dunn Ed Hurley and the others have gotten a, a rap of being very selfish as far as this is concerned. And from my perspective, what I saw there was Jimmy Dunn, who happens to be a friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, you know, protecting, trying to protect the game as much as he possibly can, and protect the PGA Tour product, which is what I've seen him do on a on a gratis basis for a long, long time. So, right, it, and it I very feel that.
1: I feel that like Jimmy Dunn and Ron Price, I mean, they did a very good job answering the questions, but sharing the least amount of information possible. And I really don't think they know much um, more than what they really um, said. They did. Uh, uh, Price was pushed on how much of an investment would come from PIF, and he said north of $1 billion. But, uh, you know, I also thought Senator Richard Bloomingfall he said, my hope is that you will resist the bucket full of money hoping the P.J. Tour will stand up and frankly avoid the sellout that this deal seems to be. He said, if we are going to be selling out to countries that can throw around all kinds of money that have autocratic regimes torturing their own people, they have mounting evidence that the Saudi government was complicit in 9-11, and he cited other examples. He said, we'll lose our democracy and freedom. And, you know, it worries me that if, if Saudi Arabia comes in and can kind of, you know, dominate golf in our country financially that, you know, what's going to stop them or any other countries from doing it with other sports in our country.
2: No, I totally agree with you, but it's also, it's, it's in some degree happening in other sports, people buying, uh, anyone's allowed to buy a, a an NFL team, but they've got to go through the rigors of the NFL competition committee and all that. As far as the game of golf is concerned, No, I do agree with what you said, but I don't think there was a lot of information for them to share. I mean, there's not a a deal memo put together. They've got to take whatever deal they have. I'm talking about the PGA Tour independent directors back to the membership and try and sell them on this being the best situation they can be a part of the PGA Tour. I will say back when the tour was formed and my dad was like the 13th guy on the signature list, you see all the like, there's a famous photo of the 100 or so guys that signed from the tour uh, to create the PGA Tour, from the PGA of America. And so I've, I've known from the very start what the real tenets of the PGA Tour has been. And, and it was, look, Jack, Arnold, Gary, Dad, all the rest of them were great golfers. But they wanted businessmen as savvy as they were golfers to run the business side of the tour. And they've gotten that with Ed Hurley and Jimmy Dunn and over the years, all the exceptional businessmen and golf lovers who understand the importance of the game, but also understand the business side of things. So when they get a deal brought to them, I mean, the the people have to listen, the golfers have to listen to the businessmen who are trying to work out the best possible deal for the game and for the PGA Tour members.
1: Right. Well, I think there have to be other options for the PJ Tour, albeit removing their not-for-profit status, perhaps. But, you know, they came across in the hearings the PJ Tour as defeated, I thought, which was sad to me. And basically they sounded as if they're, you know, damned if they do and damned if they don't. And Jimmy Dunn stressed a few times that if they don't do this deal with the Saudis, then the Saudis would definitely control golf in this country and continue taking the top players with them to live depleting the PJ Tour of its you know top talent now do you think that would be the case Dave or do you have faith in the PJ Tour players that they would remain loyal to the PJ Tour because I I think that they you know based on what the players were saying who did stay with the P J Tour I didn't get the sense that they were gonna hop you know jump over to live golf did you
2: I, From what they've said, I've not gotten that sense, but I will tell you that in the past, if this has happened a few times throughout history, Jack Nicholas first, Tom Watson later with Jack, have resisted the undermining of the PGA Tour and what it all means by creating an upper echelon golf tour. Are the modern-day pros, do they have the same ethics, the same caring, the same understanding that Jack... Arnold did, but I think Arnold and Gary were following Jack's lead. Without Jack Nicklaus, Uh I, I think that there would have been a better case be made for Arnold and Gary, who were great guys. I enjoyed them both throughout my entire life, but uh, were more prone to, to follow the buck. Jack was more of a, of a uh, standing on principle kind of a guy. Rory seems to be filling the shoes of Jack. Is everyone going to follow Rory? And I'm talking about... Scheffler, uh, Justin Thomas, John Rahm from overseas, will they all follow Rory? That's the important thing. The problem is the PIS, the Public Investment Fund from Saudi Arabia, can offer an amount of money or multiple of money that they weren't able to get back in the days when Jack was saying no. I mean, billions of dollars sent. They could end up, depending upon the appetite of the Saudis, and how deep they want this bottomless pit of money they're throwing uh, cash into to be. They could outspend the tour to the point where it would make it very difficult for all but a handful of players to say no. And at that point, they're going to stand on principle and for the rest of their lives not end up competing in where most of the players are going and playing. And what happens with the governing bodies at that point of the world uh, golf rankings with the major championships and all that? All the players that go play for the Saudis, regardless of of how they got there will end up being the de facto main league. If they end up getting the lion's share, forget the top few, I think it's going to be a difficult thing to hold the, uh, hold the dam there. Once they start going, everyone that seems to have gone now it, to me, it was kind of a dented you know, a, a scratch and dent kind of a crew, you know, with Bruce Kepka who was injured, Dustin Johnson, who was unmotivated Patrick Reed who has his problems with the rules and all the people that took, over to Saudi uh, to the Saudi League prior to uh, weren't really the standard bearers of the game. Um, if they get a few of those guys when Cam Smith went, if they get a couple of the big game players for, how do you turn down $500 million? It's, it's going to be a very tricky thing for the PGA Tour to hold those players back on principle. They can't hold them back uh, from a legal perspective. But for those to have the same kind of uh, ethics and integrity, for the tour that Rory McIlroy has, who this week said, I'd retire before playing That's right. L.I.V. I, I don't think there are as many guys there as as we'd like to see. Um, I hope you're right, though, and I'm wrong.
1: Well, there are, you know, the documents then that were turned over to the Senate before the hearing. And one of the requests was that Yasser Al Auerameyan receive a membership to Augusta National, uh, yeah. which... I thought it was laughable. What was your thoughts when you heard, well, I could, when you heard that?
2: I could send you a, a, a memo saying, you know, I'd like to have a, or an email saying, I'd, I'd like you to have a membership at Augusta National. doesn't mean anything. He's not going to have an, a membership at Augusta National. has all to do with Augusta National, nothing to do with the PGA Tour. And to me, it's a, it, it's a laughable request or hope that I think was dangled out there as a possibility that really wasn't a possibility. I mean, yeah. For Augusta National to to get themselves involved in this mix and mess, which they've never done on on any tour. Again, you know as well as anybody else. Augusta National, the PGA of America, the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St. Andrews, and the USGA, the governing bodies for all four of the major championships, have nothing to do with the PGA Tour. They look at the PGA Tour as the tour that helps identify which players are most eligible or qualified for exemptions into their events. The open championship and the US Open have qualifying which used to include past champions, like the immediate past champion used to have to qualify for those championships. So Augusta National, I don't think I think that probably caught them by surprise, even though there are those with strong ties to Augusta National in the conversation. It, it was never gonna happen that way. And just never.
1: Just crazy request. And yeah. PJ Tour Commissioner Jay Monaghan will return to work tomorrow basically after that undisclosed medical leave um will the i guess the big question is will the tour players trust him because they a lot of them said it it would be hard to at this point
2: well and a lot of them said it would be hard to right when the information came down i'm a big jay monahan fan i've got a lot of friends and and people who i know colleagues that work at the pga tour and they've loved him as a hand on hands-on operator and and leader which was dissimilar to, from Pete, Tim Fincham and prior to that, uh, Beeman. But how do you trust the guy when the betrayal becomes you know, public information and everyone starts saying, hang on one second, I really feel like I've been sold out here. And then the guy goes, I, I, look, I understand that there are medical issues and, and all those things. I'm not sure what happened with Jay in that month. But you disappear almost immediately at the absolute most important time in the history of your entire organization for a month as the leader, I don't know how you survived that.
1: Right. Strange goings-on, that's for sure. Well, I'm oh, glad yeah. he is uh, healthy and coming back to work. Uh, we're out of time, unfortunately, Dave. It goes so fast. But before I let you go, who are you picking to win the Open Championship, which starts Thursday already?
2: It starts immediately. That's right. I, I, look, John Rahm is always such a, uh, such a, a force in the game. I'd like to see him continue his major championship uh, uh, sweep, trying to get all four. But uh, I, I like Scotty Scheffler. I just think he's going to think his way around the golf course. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this Open Championship. Boy like a very unique Open Championship venue. You can try power, but the brains always help you around this place. So I, I, I'm going with Scheffler.
1: And the uh, last to win there... None other than Rory McIlroy, who right now is 13-under. You know, the Scottish Open is going on. They had to uh, get the tee times earlier this morning because of inclement weather forecast. And he right now is one back at 13-under behind Robert McIntyre, a man, a Scotsman. Anyway, Dave, <laughs> thanks so much. Talk. Always a pleasure. You know, whether you're talking golf or picking out music as a DJ at your parties, it's always fun to spend time <laughs> with you.
2: <laughs> thanks, I Always love seeing you and talking to you.